The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I am the CEO and founder of Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their business and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage and to ensure that their businesses are sustainable and thriving in times of change. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also an adjunct faculty member at universities in the U.S. and Germany. I am delighted today to be joined by Terry O'Fallon and Jeff Fitch, who have both been really important people in my personal leadership development and also in helping me understand foundational material that has become part of the innovative leadership methodology. So I am honored that they can both be part of this interview. Terry, let's start with her. Terry O'Fallon, PhD, has focused the last 13 years on learning and change in human systems as an applied researcher. She's worked with hundreds of leaders studying the interventions that most effectively result in developing leaders who can effectively implement change. She has a PhD in integral studies from the California Institute of Integral Studies. She partners with Jeff Fitch and Pacific Integral that uses the stages model to develop experiments in collective incremental growth. Terry has 13 years of experience with these experiments. Jeff Fitch is a master's, has a master's degree. He's a coach, trainer, and facilitator of growth in individuals and organizations and a creator of the transformative leadership education program that is conducted worldwide. Also, as a founder of Pacific Integral, where he's a co-creator of the Generating Transformative Change program, now offered on three continents and in its 24th cohort. Jeff also has over 30 years of leadership and business experience in the technology sector and as an entrepreneur. And uh, just as a plug for the program, I was in, I think, the third cohort and then a mentor in one of the later cohorts. And I found this to be incredibly beneficial in helping me understand more deeply the developmental theory, integral theory, and how it applies to the changes that we're making in our work. So the show, we are really 
my intention is for people who are leading or emerging as leaders in our current time of dramatic change, what we need to do and how we need to lead is evolving as we speak. And while I am a writer of textbooks, often the textbooks are becoming out of date almost as quickly as they're written. So my intent with this program is to help all of us augment the education we're getting by uh, sharing the insights from major thought leaders around the world, and Jeff and Terry are certainly two of those. So the outcome for this session, this is part two of our look at characteristics of level five, or also known as teal or strategist organizations, and their leaders. We'll delve more deeply into how we can foster the development of these leading edge capacities. We'll further explore organizational shadow and integrative thinking. We'll look at case studies, practical examples, and interventions that support level five leadership and organizational development. So Jeff and Terry, I am delighted that you are here today to share your insights. Since this is session two, let's go back to the last session. And Jeff, I think you're going to start by reviewing some of the attributes of level five five or teal organizations. So let's pick up from there, give us some insights into the capabilities, and then we'll move into more depth in this topic. Yeah, thank you so much, Maureen. It's really great to be part of this conversation, and it's a, it's a topic that I, I, I so appreciate. You know, I got to listen to your last call, and it was really, uh, really brilliant. And I thought I'd just sort of share a couple of things that I heard, and then maybe add a couple. Um, you know, you mentioned this is a time of, uh, of great uh, change. It's uh, one of the things that we work with is that we're really in quite a transformative period right now. There's uh, more organizations and leaders are experiencing uncertainty, ambiguity, and change. And I and the thing that I think so exciting about this is this model of teal leadership is really pointing to how can we actually develop ourselves and our organizations to meet that. So some of the attributes I, I heard you and Terry speaking about on the last call were adaptability, you know, which is the ability to kind of meet and change in the face of complexity. Uh, the way that teal organizations and leaderships encourage change and development in the individuals and in the organizations themselves. Um, you both spoke of organizational shadow, which I think we're going to get into this a little bit more today, uh, integrating principles and goals and this type of thing, which is really a whole new mindset that, that, the, um, that teal leaders bring. One of the ways I think about it is it's really interesting to look at just the general topic of how teal organizations and leaders um, see challenges and how they actually embrace and meet the problems and challenges that they face. You know, for example, with feedback, you know, many of us in organizations, uh, you know, know we have to get feedback to improve uh, and uh, are maybe sometimes reticent to give it to others. Maybe it's kind of relegated to a regular performance review or when there's a breakdown, um, you know, but we know that it's something that we need to to, um, to em- embrace, uh, to learn and to do, you know, achieve our goals more effectively. You know, at, at Teal, you know, uh, leaders and organizations really grow, grow to see the whole process of business and life to be a process of feedback and development. So they really embrace 
challenges, problems, feedback, and a, with a whole different mindset of something that's in, you know, inherent in life and inherent in the work that we do um, and really part of the whole developmental process. So that's one of the things I just wanted to add to the conversation is just this different view. And I think that you mentioned it last time uh, when you said uh, you, you, you brought in the quote that, you know, we see problems not as something to solve, but something that to solve us. And uh, I think it's something really interesting about this this mindset and this approach. So I just thought I'd throw it back to you, Terry, and, and you, Maureen, just to see if there's anything you would add to this, just to kind of review what what um, what teal leadership and teal organizations are. Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, you did a pretty good uh, review here of of what we covered in just a few minutes, and uh, I I I just want to emphasize the the beauty of being able to be adaptable. Uh, and there's quite a few different qualities and, and skills that can support that adaptability. We went into a lot of it last time, and I think we'll add into that this time even more, uh, you know, all the way from, uh, you know, knowing what to do with a glass ceiling and uh, having some capacity to uh, see shadow in others and moreover, see the shadow in yourself shadow in organizations and I think that we'll have a few beautiful case studies that we've worked with together and that will be helpful in understanding organizationally how these things might actually manifest so yes thanks so let me add um, just a a briefly to tie this interview to others we've talked a lot about or, or I have talked a lot about this idea of leadership 2050 and and the specifically the strategist competency model so if our listeners are interested in exploring in more detail what does strategist or teal look like from an individual perspective I do encourage you to listen to one of those interviews We have a really good one with Mike Morrow-Fox and Susan Cannon that goes into some case studies of not only what are the characteristics, but how are they applied. And one with Mike Sayer talking about how they're applied in transformation. So, So for listeners who are inclined to explore this, specifically the the strategist model in more detail, that information is also available out in in other interviews. So why don't we go into the idea of trust and safety as one of the characteristics associated with advanced leadership and why is this so important in teal organizations? Yeah, thank you, Maureen. It's a it's a really good question. And you know, one of the things that people often experience in organizational life is um, you know that being in a being in a business or an organization is not always a, a safe or trusting environment. And one of the things that was really interesting that came out recently, I'm sure many of your listeners are aware of it, was the Google study on Teams, which uh, really did a kind of very interesting and groundbreaking research into what were really de- the determinants of. Um, you know, of the most successful teams in that in that organization. And one of the two factors they found was that those teams had high levels of, of trust and social safety. And uh, yet, 
you know, many organizations, conventional organizations, rely on hierarchy and positional authority and can operate, you know, pretty pretty well in the face of a lack a certain degree of lack of trust or or um, openness in the organization. But in in the a teal organization, because they're working with a level of complexity and adaptability, it's really important to have a degree of transparency and openness. Uh, teal organizations really value contributions from all levels of the organization. A value, uh, value self-management and initiative um, throughout the organization and distributed leadership. It's as if there's a, it's a much more open system, and without a degree of trust, this can't really happen. You know, so if you think about adaptability, for example, if you have a direction that you're taking in your work or in your life, and then all of a sudden something changes, uh, that poses a problem. And in order to deal with that problem, you have to speak honestly and openly about it and be thorough in your assessment of it. And if there's a degree of, of reticence to speak about the issues, if you're um, you're not speaking about the elephants in the room and so on uh, in a in a in a more adaptive organization that really you know is is not um, doesn't really allow for the organization to function effectively so so teal organizations really embrace a greater degree of trust and it's inherent in the mindset too which is um, just uh, a, a more open and authentic perspective on work and life, and it allows people to, you know, to actually operate more more openly. Those are some of my thoughts on it, but it's a really good question. I really like what you said, Jeff. Uh, you know, what occurs to me as I listen to you speaking is is that trust is really important, but you know, you have to build it somehow. Mm-hmm. And how do you build it? Well, you know, some of the experiences that I have is that you have to trust yourself first to take a risk in stepping into a place that might be a little bit uncomfortable, like there might be feedback that you want to give somebody else, and uh, you might be a little bit afraid to give it to them, uh, especially if that person is your your superior. You might be a little afraid to give it to them, uh, and uh, yet at the same time, Things won't go well unless they can see some of these points of view. So you have to trust yourself well enough to step into a situation where you might take the risk of sharing your viewpoint, while it may be carefully scripted and everything, share your viewpoint with that person. And it's hard. This is hard work. Nonetheless, um, uh, uh, while the other person might become quite defensive, Oftentimes, that's the beginning of a very, very uh, good, deep, and openness of transparency. Somebody has to take the risk first, and it can't always be the superior because they have position power, you might say. So there's a, something to lose here. You know, you 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 have the possibility of of, of actually having the other person get get so angry with you that they won't, uh, you know, connect with you anymore. But uh, you have, you know. 
you begin to learn to take those kinds of risks and to, to take, do these small experiments that will help you gingerly step into the process. The other person also is in a position where they may become so defensive that they uh, aren't able to see things and they have to go back and actually consider and, and reflect on, on this. And then they may give you some feedback and then you're in a position of, of, of understanding that, uh, you know, this is a reciprocal uh, uh, relationship here and and uh, that your feelings are heard and you have to stop yourself maybe from running off or feeling uh, so uh, alienated that you can't really engage in a conversation about these things. So the the whole idea is that, that if transparency is to occur, trust begins with yourself and it in my view, and it also is a series of very small steps getting to the place of the deepest kind of transparency where you and others in your organization know that you can say just about anything to each other mm. and that you know, this will actually be a, a process of, of building the transparency as a result of the trust you have in yourself and the trust you build by stepping into these uncomfortable places. So let me add one note to that and then we'll go on break I I love what you've both said and the piece I would add that I think is a building block on top of of this is then what are the agreements we have collectively where the organization expects transparency and it is an agreement between us that this is how we behave and it's the norm I think so, Jeff, such, did you want to say something? Oh, I just—it's just a, such an important point, you know. I mean, you can take what that you know that beautiful um, perspective you brought forth, Terry, and you know you can you can institutionalize that in a set of agreements, which is that, for example, um, you know that 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 people won't you know be punished for bringing forth a difficult perspective or. Um, you know, or that if there is a is conflict, it's resolved effectively. Those kind of agreements can really help to build trust. They really can, and and yet still, somebody has to take the first step and experiment with yeah. that. And and you know what, that mm-hmm. person is a very brave. It takes courage. It really does. Even though the agreement is there, you don't know what the response is going to be if you haven't done this much before. So wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. So we're going to go on break and we will be right back with Terry O'Fallon and Jeff Fitch talking about Teal Organizations. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. 
move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. If you are a small business owner or a creative freelancer in pretty much any field, you can't miss Let's Get Radical. Your hosts, Jody Paydar and Liz Gold, will help you redevelop your plans, policies, and practices to take a radical turn in order to achieve new success. They spotlight the latest in technology, attitudes, what others are doing, and what can help you. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And let's get radical. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We are joined by Terry O'Fallon and Jeff Fitch today from Pacific Integral, and we're talking about TIA or strategist level organizations. So in this segment, let's move into the idea of organizational shadow. We covered that a bit in segment one and in this, in the interview one, sorry. In this segment, let's go into more detail about what it is, why it's important. And Jeff, I think you have a case study to illustrate in more depth Why do we care? Yeah, thank you. Um, You know, it's really, to me, organizational shadow is is a sort of a fancy term for which something which is pretty simple, which is, you know, organizations face challenges all of the time, conflict, difficulties, uh, decisions to make. And this is really just the case where, where some aspect of the organization's functioning is kind of pushed to the side. It's avoided. It's not dealt with. And what happens when, when that challenge happens, when we kind of don't deal with something that we need to deal with? And so it becomes, that's what that's all that's meant by the shadow is that it just kind of becomes out of our awareness. And, and, you know, what often happens, what can happen in those kind of situations is um, someone will try to deal with it. Sometimes someone will try to deal with the challenge or bring forth the issue that needs to be dealt with. And then that person will be scapegoated or marginalized in the organization in some way. And that, that is, you know, in itself, you can kind of see that um, as, a, as a symptom of something that needs to be noticed and dealt with at the organizational level, of, you know, when this is the case. And so, yeah, we had, a, you know, an interesting case, which was some work that Terry and I did um, in, a, in an organization, which was a, a hospital. It was a, a community hospital, and it was a it was a very kind of tight knit organization with a with a very inclusive leader, you know, a, a CEO who was responsive and a good listener, and you know, there's quite a good degree of of loyalty um, to that, you know, to the CEO. And many people who had been on the executive team had been there for some time, and they all had good relationships with each other. Um, and at the same time, there was one person on the executive team who seemed to be in conflict with everybody else. She was the HR director, and uh, she was often felt and experienced herself as being resisted by the other leaders, 
and felt kind of ostracized at times in the, in, the, in the team. So there was some tension around this one person. Now, sometimes, you know, you look at a situation like that and you see, well, that, that person is the problem. Um, and in, in her case, she was quite, um, you know, was quite, cha- you know, she was quite challenged in her life. She'd actually, during the recent years, developed a, a illness and was not doing well personally. And, and, but yet people said when they saw her outside of work, um, they, you know, liked her and found her to be very friendly. It was just on the job. She seemed to be difficult. So that was kind of what was presenting. But actually, when we, when, when we looked into it further, uh, we found that there were organizational issues that weren't being dealt with that she was trying to bring forth. And in particular, in the kind of inclusive um, nature of the organization, there were, there were some issues that were maybe more, you know, required more sort of either or thinking, like financial discipline, planning, and compliance. Um, that that the organization wasn't really handling well, and so the HR director took these things on. It weren't her job, uh, but the rest of the organization wasn't dealing with them. So she was pushing those issues, and as a result, she became the problem. So do you see in this kind of scenario how a, an organizational issue is happening? It's not being dealt with, and this person gets scapegoated for that. You know, I, I'm working with a client right now who is facing some similar issues. She was brought in to make some changes. She was quite effective in making changes, which because because of her work and because she she is also bringing things up that people don't want to do. Uh, she she is being accused of being quite disruptive and working with her separately. She she is a kind-hearted, efficient, very effective person. But what I think people hear when she, when they speak to her is, "You are stupid, and what you've been doing forever is is wrong." Right. So it it does, it, and certainly those of us as change agents can need to attend to our finesse. But this whole idea of adaptive. And we all have to be willing to change ourselves, not just our organizations. Is really a tough challenge right, to overcome. Right, that's another really great example where maybe the organization is not embracing change and fearing it, and so change comes in the form of this person, and sh- and she gets the you know the raw end of that stick. You know, T- Terry, I'm just wondering if you you have anything you want to add to this. You were there during the example that I brought up. Yes. Um, well, you know, we were outside consultants and, and we did interviews through the whole organization. And I have to say this this organization was a, a very remarkable organization and I'm assuming it still is. This one area, though, was an area of growth that needed to happen. And, and by working with the CEO and other members, we were uh, able to uh, help them see you know, primarily the compliance issues uh, that needed to be dealt with, and and make sure that those those areas were uh, 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 taken care of by the the proper person. Uh, and actually, uh, one of the wonderful things that happened after that was that the the uh, 
person that was kind of taking taking the load of that on, uh, actually her health improved uh, as a result of of that. We can, uh, it's re- you know, it's very difficult to to be in a situation where where you're you feel like you're carrying the whole load, and then uh, you know the energetics of the situation also impinge upon your your experience of, of connection with other people in the organization. So, you know, we have to look at how can we help the organization understand what it's not looking at and find a way to bring that into, into view uh, in a way that everybody can be understanding of, of the whole of it. And so there's some specific skills that you can, can use uh, to, to do that. And Jeff, I'd like to have you express a little bit about what some of those things were that, that you brought forward in, in that case? Yeah, no, it's great. And I think the first one I would just, I would just highlight is, is the, the thing that you said. You know, if you listen to what you said, there's, there's something here that the organization needs to look at. And this really highlights a, a kind of a teal perspective on these kinds of situations. So in a in a more conventional perspective, we might look at a situation like this uh, as, you know, well, maybe this person should be let go, or maybe she needs some disciplinary action, or maybe, Maureen, in your example, the, the change leader that that was in the organization was not acting skillfully, or or maybe we need to hire a different person. Um, and, 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 and that will resolve the tension. So that's more the mindset of problem to solve rather than problems that solve us you know from a more pluralistic perspective you know we might try to get people to get along you know try to resolve the interpersonal conflict that's happening in the situation and listen to each other greatly but from a from a teal mindset the perspective is always looking at what's you know looking at the whole system and looking at what wants to be brought to light what needs to be brought to light so you look at a challenge like this and go like oh something's going on here we're not seeing there's something to really learn so the first step is having that kind of that kind of curiosity about it uh, that sees all of these kind of situations as learning and developmental opportunities um, so so the the, you know, some of the things that you can do in these kind of situations are, you know, first is to identify the organizational shadow. So in, if there's a case where there's an individual or a department that seems to be the source of conflict or tension, you can ask yourself, maybe they're being scapegoated here for something we're not really facing. And in that situation, you can look you can look at the what seem like the quote-unquote negative qualities or the source of the tension and and determine if that's pointing to something we're not dealing with as an organization. So in this case uh, that we gave, you know, this person was bringing the voice of compliance, trying to be a rule enforcer. Pe- people didn't like that. They saw the organization as more collegial and friendly. So you can ask, well, is this quality that we're having trouble with, is that something we need to have in the organization? Is there some place where we're not enforcing the rules effectively so that's the that's a similar to the question you shared in the last call um, where you're exploring your own personal shadow you look like how are how do we actually need to be a better rule enforcer and if you have an honest conversation around that as we did in that organization it became clear that that they weren't handling their compliance issues effectively 
So you surface the issue that needs to be dealt with. And then as a team, you take responsibility for it. And in that process, you relieve the scapegoat from having to be responsible for it. And then you look together how to implement the necessary changes. And, and those are some of the steps that you can take to, to work with, with organizational shadow. Terry, do you have anything additional to add around the, the process overall or this specific case? Uh, I, not a lot. Uh, the whole idea is, is to look for what you're missing, as Jeff said, and then make sure that if there is something missing, and sometimes it's hard to find out what's missing, so you have to delve deeply. Mm-hmm. And honestly, uh, sometimes it, it takes a consultant from the outside that doesn't have something to lose or something to gain uh, to, to, to help people get that. Mm. Uh, so rather than to, I mean, if you can't figure it out yourself, sometimes it's good to get somebody from the outside that will come in and, and actually look with you. They may be able to see something that you can't see uh, because it's just too close. Mm. So sometimes we need outside help and, and that's a good thing because it will set things straight. Uh, um, and there's nothing wrong with, with doing that. And of course, the CEO did that and uh, and it, it worked out quite well. So I, I want to just reiterate the steps I heard for people who may be taking notes. So the first is explore the tension that's presented itself. So in this case, the CEO said we something's not working well. Then you s- examine it, do the interviews, surface, and kind of name what the tension is, then take responsibility, and then implement changes. Is there anything else to add to that process? Uh, No, I think those are the basic steps, but just to kind of refine, you know, the surfacing of the tension part, because this, I think, is the, the tricky part, as Terry was pointing to, sometimes it's hard to notice. It, it, it's really looking to see if the, if the, the challenge or the neg- negative qualities that you're trying to deal with reflect something that's disowned by the organization. So I think, Terry, last time you, you, know, you, you were speaking about organizational shadow and say, how is this in me too? You know, so it's really asking that kind of question at an organizational level. How is this challenge that this person is having or the problems that she's causing in the organization? How did they reflect something that we're not dealing with? So that's really the key turnaround is when you can actually take back responsibility for it in the organization and say they're trying to bring something forth. We're not, are we really dealing with what they're, what the, you know, the challenges that they're, they're bringing forth. Does that make sense? So in this case, what they were not, what people were resisting was the sense of compliance and rule following, which I'm assuming in a hospital is foundational to safety. Right. Right. There were real, and, 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 um, and legality too, you know, there were real, um, requirements that they had to follow not not only for safety but for legal reasons for their own um, you know policy compliance and and the way they were handling in that organiz- in the organization um, was was not functioning well and she had taken this on it wasn't even her job and and so it that was really the the shadow that needed to be surfaced and in a way it was kind of reflected you know kind of the friendly collegial 
you know, environment that they were trying to create in the organization and kind of marginalized. In some cases, they need to not be so friendly. You know, they need to be, they need to be more disciplined and more strict in, in some areas uh, in order to uh, have the necessary compliance. Yeah, that's a great lead into the next section, the, the idea of polarities, that at one end of the spectrum may be compliance and rigid rule following, mm-hmm. the other end may be acceptance and understanding and having the finesse to know how to balance and move between both ends, depending on the situation, is really quite a, a skill. Yeah, no, that's true. And it's also, you know, Terry, I know, you know, that's in your research, that's a kind of key teal, part of the teal mindset. Absolutely, yes. Uh, you know, there's a, there's often a larger polarities like, do you want the individual to have the capacity to take the initiative to do whatever they want to do and 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 develop their own creative processes, or do you want the collective to be uh, 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 in some sort of collaborative position where they're all working together to make sure that things happen? And and so you have a resistance from either side. You know, the collaborative folks don't want the individual to go uh, waltzing off doing their own thing, and the individual, uh, you know feels like they've got a, a rope thrown around their waist and they're not a, being allowed to be uh, express their own creative adaptability and, and capacities. And, uh, you know, there are, there are so many, many polarities that, that happen as a result of, of, of our daily lives and our organizational lives. And, you know, that uh, one of the, one of, I mean, you can almost always tell if you've got, uh, you know, uh, a polarity uh, uh, revealing itself because you're going to have a reaction in your interior. If if you feel like you know uh, uh, unjust something is unjustified or unfair or or you you get a reaction about it, that's a signal that maybe you ought to sit down and and look at the two ends of these polarities. And that's a very difficult thing to do because there's something that you want and you may be looking at losing it. And that is what most people cannot see. They're blinded by that experience of they want to operate in a particular way and they don't want to lose it. And this other side is going to mean that they aren't going to have that. And somehow there is a way that you need to interpenetrate those two qualities and integrate them so that there's nothing lost on either end and and something greater for the whole is developed. Okay, so on that note, we're going to come back after break and spend the third segment talking about polarities and, Terry, specifically your research into how that connects to teal leaders and teal organizations. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. 
Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Today we are joined by Terry O'Fallon and Jeff Fitch from Pacific Integral. And we're talking about organizations that demonstrate strategist or teal qualities. And those are the organizations we think are most adaptive and able to respond to the changes we're currently facing. So we stopped the last segment just entering into the conversation about polarities and how important learning to manage organizational polarities are. So Terry, can you take us back to the research that you're doing in this space and a little more depth on what it is and how to how to navigate polarities? Well, um well, there's a trajectory to learning. Uh, we all start in a, in a receptive mode uh, in areas that we know nothing about, where we just kind of open up and receive. And then we move to, once we get to the place where we actually have a capacity to to know enough about this new area, we become active with it. We become experimental on an individual level, on an individual basis. Uh, then at the next uh, approach, we become reciprocal with it. We can receive other people's feedback and we can give other people their feedback. And then lastly, uh, we find a way to interpenetrate the both end ends of these different polarities and uh, see how the other side actually enhances our side and how our side actually enhances the other side so that there is a an interplay of both ends of the polarities and you get the best of both of them. So I'd love to have Jeff talk a little bit more about this because he's done a lot of work with, with the practical aspects of polarities. Hey, thank you, Terry. You know, I think the, those four stages that you just talk, talked about, you know, were often that last stage really reflects the kind of teal leadership and organizational structure that we're, that we're talking about. So it's really interesting to look at it from this perspective. So you might... You might think about uh, if you have 
if you have something in a in a kind of a from a more conventional leadership or organizational perspective where there's a where there's a choice point where it seems like there's there's a, a tension uh, in the organization that needs to be resolved, um, there might be parts of the organization that are sort of pushing for one side, parts that are pushing for another side. Uh, and and it's that choice that is really the hallmark of a kind of a more conventional point to leadership. And sometimes you have to say no to something and agree to disagree. And as you move to more, more the kind of green organizational model or, you know, more progressive approaches that we see today, there's often a kind of orientation towards the both and. So, you know, that's kind of reflected in the desire to include multiple perspectives or the movement towards multiple bottom lines, for example. So if you look at people and profit, that's a kind of organizational uh, polarity that's trying to be balanced in some way. And Teal takes it to another level, which is to really integrate the two, really to look at how two sides of this, two sides of a coin are really uh, you know, part of a greater whole, you know, part of something that really interrelates to each other. And I'll just give a quick example of that. Um, since we spoke about, um, we've been speaking about healthcare, this is another example from healthcare um, from an organization that we worked with for years uh, who is working with, you know, one of the you know, polar tensions in that world is the tension between the cost of care and, and quality of care. And so you have. You have many people in healthcare organizations that are focused on the cost. You know, how can the cost be reduced? And, you know, we see this in, in, in our conversations about public policy around healthcare quite a lot. And then others, you know, for, for the folks focused on cost of care, that's really critical. We can't deliver healthcare without focusing on, on minimizing and managing costs. And on the other side, you have doctors and nurses who, who have, you know, maybe got into healthcare because they had a family member who had a chronic illness and, and it's in their heart to deliver good quality care and what they really care about is the quality of care. And so in, you know, uh, in uh, typical organizations, there's a tension there and there's trade-offs that are being made and leadership is making those kind of trade-offs, but there are parts of the organization that really care about one and parts that really care about others. And in a more, from a more pluralistic perspective, we're trying to balance the two. We're trying to help people understand that both are important. And as an organization, we need to kind of balance two, that the two of them, uh, you know, uh, on an ongoing basis. And that's an important way to manage polarities. And I just wanted to share, you know, in the course of this work, I had an opportunity to speak with someone who was managing one of the most effective healthcare systems in the world. It was a, it was um, a, a, someone who was managing a regional healthcare system in Sweden that, that was one of the most effective, both from a cost and quality perspective. And, you know, I said something like this to him, like, you need to manage both cost and quality. And he said, no, that's the wrong way to think about it. You can't, ma- you can't balance cost and quality. He said, cost is quality. Without the limits, to uh, without the financial limits, there is no possibility of having quality. That it's the co- that it's the limit, the financial limits that force us to do better, to think creatively, and to transform mm-hmm. the way that that we're doing our work. And so you can see in that the teal mindset that in the way that he was saying it's this 
constraint that actually causes us to look at it to transform us. You know, it's the problem that's transforming us. And that the two are completely interpenetrated. He did not see it as a, as a need to balance, but that both were completely interdependent on each other. It's a beautiful example, and I love how you illustrate the movement from either or to interpenetration and the complete reliance upon one another and and each makes the other better right right yeah i mean it's it's something that artists say right there's no art without limits and uh, we don't like to think that way in organizational life but it was a really yeah it was a it was a quite striking example of it and and uh and and there's many ways to many ways to see that in 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 organizational life that um you know uh that that you know, Terry was mentioning it earlier with trust. That that in order to have trust, we need to be able to di- we we need to disclose ourselves. And so there's you know it, it, these kind of tensions that we see in organizations, you know, really depend on each other. And when you see that from a teal level, what, what uh, a teal leader often looks at that when there's conflict or challenge around it as a developmental opportunity kind of intuitively looks at that and says, oh, we have we don't quite see the big picture here yet. And so sees it as an oppor- opportunity for everybody to get to grow and to to get a more complex view on what the organization is doing. That's a beautiful example that that we don't have problems to solve. There are tensions to manage and I realize that just sounds like wordsmithing. But boy is is the mindset and the feeling different when I don't feel like I'm the problem that needs to be solved. Yeah, it's beautiful to say that. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I like that, Marie. Thank you. Do you want to wrap anything up before we shift gears and summarize the conversation? Uh, I've I've loved this conversation. You know, uh, I think uh, Jeff has offered so many great things, and you have too, Maureen. Uh, when it comes to the polarities in the stages model, always we're we're looking at how one side is a reflection or a mirror of the other side, and uh, that's just a, a a way of of being after a while. Uh, and at first, we have it uh, this experience uh, upon reflection. You know, we we can't figure it out in the moment but we sit down with paper pencil and we think about it for a while but at some point it becomes uh, uh, operational enough so that in the very moment that these tensions happen you just automatically make the assumption that this is this is a mirror that is is shining my face back to me and and I have something to learn and the other side has something to learn and we're really not so different that's a beautiful summary thank you Jeff, do you want to give us some more information about Pacific Integral, including the GTC program and where people can find some of the research you and Terry are doing? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Maureen. It's, uh, first of all, it's just been really a pleasure to be part of the conversation. And it's just a, a, a topic of conversation that I'm so interested in and care about. So thank you. Uh, you it's very easy. You can find more information about us at PacificIntegral.com. And uh, you can pretty much find uh, get a hold of us there or find out all about what we're doing. You know, Pacific Integral is a developer of of leadership and educational and social change technologies and a, a community of leaders and practitioners of transformative change. And so we work 
uh, as organizational consultants, we work as coaches, and we also develop people who who are in positions of change, change leadership, leadership, and um, and intervention. And so, uh, you can seek us out for any of those kind of services. And one of our, you know, premier offerings has been the Generating Transformative Change program that you mentioned earlier. It's a nine-depth, in-depth, uh, deep dive at both leadership, uh, personal transformative learning journey, as well as a learning journey on the theories and practices of, of change. And so we have been doing that program for over 12 years on three continents and are in the 24th cohort. And we have programs, um, you know, uh, starting soon in both North America and South Pacific and Australia and New Zealand. So you can find out about that. We also just um, did completed a free seminar series, which if you go to our homepage, you can sign up for that and download the recordings and as well have a number of other papers and recordings on our website that you can just kind of learn more about some of the ideas that we're talking about. Thank you. So the website is www.pacificintegral.com. That's right. And one of the things I want to suggest to our listeners is one thing that's really important when we're developing this later stage leadership is to be working with people who not only understand it, but are it. So that we, in some cases, just learn by osmosis by being around people who are developed and swim in that water in essence so being in a program with terry and jeff or other programs that are run by people who are at least strategist or teal or or uh in spiral dynamics yellow is very different than learning about it from someone who's read a textbook so i want to summarize we've talked about the shadow work and organizational polarities and Jeff and Terry gave very specific processes to move through each. And I really encourage people to revisit those and look for ways to identify them in your organization. And and we will have additional conversations with them where they share more detail. And again, their writing goes into beautiful explanation of this work. So I encourage you to, when you're learning this or uh, Email me, email Jeff and Terry. I can be reached at Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations on Facebook or directly by email at info at metcalf-associates.com. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. We'll be right back.